Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. For the next two hours, talking sports with you, and we appreciate you being here with us. A BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this at the bottom of the hour. About 11.30, we'll get Bill Seals from CycloneReport.com, a part of the Rivals Network. Of course, Bill was in the building yesterday talking to players, listening to coaches as uh, the Cyclones get ready uh, to take on Kansas, 6 o'clock ESPN on Saturday night. So Bill Seals on Iowa State football coming up maybe uh, there'll be some basketball conversation. Maybe he's got some intel on the game, the scrimmage against Northwestern. By the way, had uh, somebody call about uh, half an hour ago asking if we were carrying the Iowa State women's exhibition game tonight. There's no broadcast of it. Oh, okay. So the answer is no, because they're not. Um, there's nobody going to be calling the game. But we will be off on Monday, Trent, as you know, as mm-hmm. Iowa State women do have a game uh, during the starts in the morning, 11 o'clock. So we'll be off on Monday, but there'll be no Iowa State women on uh, KXNO uh, here tonight. Uh, back to the BMW Des Moines guest list, Mitch Holtis. Grateful to Mitch. He's going to find time for Trent and I and the audience uh, to talk about the Chiefs and the Dolphins before the Chiefs embark for Germany. I'm kind of surprised they're still here. I am too. Yeah. We Haven't we seen yeah. that... Getting there late has not been the best mm-hmm. course of action. So we'll see. But uh, Mitch Holtis will join us on what's behind that decision. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Chiefs were not um, as active as some thought they were. There were a couple of moves uh, made yesterday after we got off the air. The Josh Dobbs thing broke what, right at the end of our show. Um, I, I think I knew this, but I had to be reminded of it. Do you know what Josh Dobbs is, other than a quarterback? Uh, Tennessee grad. Yeah, you know he graduated in. Do you know he? Has, do you know what he is? It's like Aerosmith engineering, isn't he's it? He's a freaking rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. His GPA was four point Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So any, but any, double me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, and so any talk that oh, this Kevin O'Connell playbook man might be too deep for. Yeah, he's a rocket scientist. I'm guessing he'll have this bad boy down sooner than some. But yeah, that's pretty cool about him. Yeah, I mean, go, playing. A quarterback in college to begin with has to take a fair amount of your time. Right. Yeah. And, ta- and, and tack on uh, uh, aerodynamic engineering or whatever you call it in order to graduate as a rocket scientist. Can you imagine what his day was like? Jesus. And nights. Dobbs has put together a nice season. Yeah, yeah. In a I'm team that, short of Hollywood Brown, like Zach Ertz is not good anymore. No, he's well, he's hurt. And he's been hurt. When right? he's out there, he's yeah. not very good either. Yeah, the Eagles knew that uh, that uh, that expiration date was coming and decided to ship him sooner rather than later. We, their third leading receiver is Trey McBride. Do you know who Trey McBride is? You know I've he, heard of him. Yes, but no, he's a tight end. He played at Colorado State. I remember. Was he on the field? He was. Yes, he yeah. was uh, and, against Iowa. Right, and he was. Was he? This is a high pick, a second or a third round pick, something I like think. that. Yeah. I think he might have been the second tight end on the board. Anyways. Tell me about your Michael Wilson memories yeah. at Stanford. Yeah, there's none. Yeah, that's there's zero. This is what he was working with. 
put together a pretty solid year. Yeah, and that's that's the point, Trent, to, to, to finish up on your point. Now look what he's going to. Right. You know, and when Jefferson gets back after next week, he's got to sit out this week, and then if he's able to go, and the emergence of Addison, and of course, T.J. Hawkinson, and um, 17, what's his name, K.J. Um, Osborne. Yeah. Uh, he's having a terrific year, so they've, they've, now they can't run the balls, you said yesterday, and you're 100% right. What was up with uh, trading away Ezra Cleveland? Uh, Dalton Reisner was on the street. Uh, he was with Denver for the last, I don't know, handful of years. Second round pick out of K-State. Same draft pick as our class as Drew Locke. Okay. And Reisner was a starter. Um, and they signed him, and I think that's what's behind it. They gotcha. They found him expendable. Makes Which, sense. Yeah, it does on one hand. On the other hand, I mean, you can never yeah, have yeah. too many offensive linemen. That's an linemen, offensive right? line. Yeah. And certainly the Vikings know about that. They've had Whoa. not just struggles getting that thing right, but when they feel like they're getting it right... Yeah. Bradbury's hurt, or Darisaw's hurt, or dot, dot, dot. There's been been a lot of them. Hour number two, John Bowenkamp will recap uh, the Kirk Ferentz press conference and then the On the Side uh, with Beth Getz. That comes up at 12.05 before Capman joins us at 12.30. He sent me a text this morning. He is fired up. Oh, good. He absolutely loves what the Bears have done. What? Loves it. He's never... He is... Well, let me read it. Okay. Uh, I got to see this one because I was... (laughs) absolutely dumbfounded about what they're trying to do. For the second consecutive year, the Chicago Bears have traded away a second-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. They're doing it for a guy that does not have a contract. You can franchise take him And he's already said he wants to play in Atlanta. That's his goal, to be an Atlanta Falcon. Sweat has all the negotiation power. Mm -hmm. All of it. Yep. You traded away a second-round pick. He has now all the power. Yep. And he's going to sign a deal to stay in Chicago. Mm. That's the belief yeah. of this organization. God, right. they're dumb. What a dumb organization. If there is a little bit of a safety net, now it's just a little bit. If he does leave, I think there would be a compensatory third-round pick. But you gave up a second. You, you gave up a third second. back. A high second. A high second. Great a point. second that's yes. going to be in the 30s, that's at true. minimum. That's true. You gave that And up. you're going to get a third that's going to be in the 80s? Right. At that Big point? gap. Yeah. No, no. probably in the low hundreds. Right, yeah, yeah, that's usually where those are. Because yeah. the compensatory picks, they all start after the regular third round goes. I'm more bullish on the Bears than I have been in a long time. Oh, jeez. That's Cappy. He'll all right, Cappy. Well, we'll we'll go back and forth at 12.30. I'm looking forward to that, as I always say. Uh, so that's the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Did the trade deadline, did anything um, move your needle? I think we mentioned the two, I think, that are impactful and kind of matter around here. Obviously, well, a new regional team gets a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Were you surprised that he's not going to start? I wasn't. That we're this not going to see Dobbs start this week. No. It's a quick turnaround. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. And happen. I think they really like this whole kid. I think they do, too. Yeah. This is much different than, who is the uh, joker that they got out of Texas A&M a couple years back? Oh, Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. Yeah. And very quickly. Yeah. He can't play. He didn't have it. Right. And like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And was that a third rounder? Second or Second, third. Yeah. Yeah. I think third. I think you're right. And right away, mm-hmm. they're like, whoops. Yeah, that's a swing and a miss. Boy, there's a lot of those last night. We'll get to that coming up uh, in, in a minute or so. The other NFL news, Josh McBlunder. Um, I mean, this has to be it, right? He yeah. cannot get another chance to right. coach an NFL team. You know, when he got the Raiders job, and I thought you were – you had a little bit of blinders on because I do, of yes. the way that it went, yes. and it's the team that you root for. Right. And you saw it. And that was fair. A different level. Mm-hmm. And I maintain, and we've seen this happen before, coaches that get that second opportunity, it's gone well. For some, not all of them, mm-hmm. but for some. Mm-hmm. And I was willing a guy that has 
this much tutelage under an incredible head coach. Bunch of Super Bowl rings. A guy that is known as an innovator offensively. And learning from your mistakes the first time around that he was going to take a step forward. Now he's dead wrong. (laughs) Just dead wrong. What a disaster. No, it is. The the Raiders are a laughingstock. Devontae Adams slamming his helmet, cussing uh, on the bench after he came off the field. The Monday night cameras caught him doing that. Uh, So we'll see. All right, baseball from last night, Trent. I hung with it till the seventh inning. I I don't don't know how. Maxion got me. I was not into that one. We had two CIML quarterbacks going up against each other. I watched the I watched the baseball last night. It was finally it was ten one. Now I uh-huh. was surprised this morning when I logged on and finished up eleven seven. Not that that means anything, right? I mean those runs aren't going to carry over that good feelings that you had at the end of the game last night. They're not going to permeate through the Arizona clubhouse today. They're down three one for crying out loud. It's winner go home. Like I after the first two games, I still thought Arizona was the best team in yeah. this series. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, swing and a miss there, Miller. Nice job. And you sold your Ranger tickets. You know I did and. and and I think I would do it again. Yeah. I think How I would. How you felt while coming out of those first two? Well, it was before, you know, it was before the first game. I just wanted to, because I've had a bad run of futures. Yeah. And I'm not stopping betting futures because I love it. I don't like betting on games. And I didn't want to start funding accounts. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, right? right to keep right. playing with the money that's in my accounts. And so I took the profit. I lost money on baseball, overall. but not as, yeah, overall. But I mean, I was so into the Mets and so into the Padres. I was, I thought I was buried. Anyways, uh, live to fight another day. So, uh, the press conference is yesterday. Um, just your biggest takeaway was what? First, that it was a nothing burger. I mean, we didn't get any, we didn't get any, you know, up on the stand hollering back at people. Yep. There, there was no, this was not Tom Cruise against Mick mm. Nicholson. This was nothing <laughs> like that. You can't handle the truth. Good men, yeah, man. we didn't we didn't get anything like that. Although he you could tell that this is how he likes to do business. Well, and as we told you earlier in the week, Kirk's pissed. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Right. And nothing that you saw yesterday takes away from that notion that mm-hmm. he was incredibly upset about this. Mm-hmm. He's upset about the distraction. He hates yep. distractions in season. Yep. Yep. And that's absolutely what this is. It's can you imagine the the, the uh, life that's going to take on next week if Northwestern beats him on Saturday? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's no doubt. And on top of it, Kirk hasn't had pushback in 20 years. That's just it, Trent. He has not nope. had nope. somebody that is pushed back. Nope. Gary Barta was a yes man. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you, Kirk? He kowtowed to everything that Kirk Ferentz did. Yep. And we've talked about the missteps and we've talked about the mistakes, not on the field, more so off the field. That has happened during this 25-year run, and they've been plentiful. Mm-hmm. That also is probably going to happen with the college football program if you're around for a quarter century. Sure. Those things are going to happen to anyone. But we've talked about them in the past. He has never had this. An athletic director that is going to stand up to him. An athletic director that is going to tell him no. An athletic director that's going to tell him, "Hire. it's time to fire your son. It is time. This has gone on long enough. Yep. Everybody from the outside can see this. Everybody nationally, regionally, and locally. Mm -hmm. Everybody can see that this was a mistake again to bring him back. They doubled and tripled and quadrupled down, and it hasn't worked. It had to be done. Beth Getz was the adult, and for the first time in two two decades, he finally got pushed back from somebody. That's my biggest takeaway from yesterday, Trent, just the fact that she was willing to do it. Now, how much did President Wilson factor into it, do you think? I think she had to have a big part of that because of the intro Did she have the... the, um, 
the final say? Did did all the stuff get put? You know, all the ducks are in a row, and then President Wilson gives the thumbs up or thumb. I mean, I don't know her at all. I have no idea. You said yesterday she's not really into sports. Yeah, she is somebody that doesn't like the limelight. She is definitely somebody that does not like to do interviews. Could you pick her out of a lineup? No, <laughs> nope. She was at Illinois before. I know that was one of her stops, but yeah, I just don't know a whole lot about her. I what I do know is athletics is certainly not at the forefront mm-hmm. of her mission and what she's trying to do for the university. In a way, that's kind of refreshing. It is, yeah, yeah, because we've seen plenty that right. go the other direction. Yeah. And they understand that that is the front porch of your university for mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. and how important it is and they meddle. And it can get pretty sticky. Not the that is not the case with Barbara Wilson. So I would anticipate it went down like this. Beth Getz understood that this is untenable. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be done. And we cannot go into an offseason with this still lingering. I also wonder how it went on the recruiting trips. With the bye week, what do you do a whole lot more? Recruit. Yeah. You're out there recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the conversations like for the coaches when they were out talking to the players that they already have recruited and mm-hmm. even looking at new players? I'm not going there. Right. Or... Maybe I'm second-guessing my decision to be committed because nobody assigned. You can't do that until December. That could be a piece, too. But back to the gets part. I'm sure she came up. This is the plan. This is what I want to do. Took it to Wilson and then probably got rubber stamped there and explaining the reasoning behind it. And, and went to Kirk on the weekend, apparently? That's what it sounds does, like. Does it sound like, was this a face-to-face between those two? It didn't sound that way, did it, to you? I, I didn't... I mean, I didn't um, come away thinking that that's how it happened. Yeah, um, I think he said I was something glad like, she was there. I, I saw the same press release that you did. I think is yeah. kind of how he put it. Right. Yeah, that's early in the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad she was there yesterday. Yep. Um, that she was uh, in the room. Apparently, they, they shook hands afterwards. I'm not sure if it was awkward or not. But look, she's in charge. Yes. And this is great. Yes, absolutely. They need this. Yes. At this point in Kirk's career, if he wants to make it a go, we'll get to that in a moment, if he wants to continue... He needs to understand, and he mm-hmm. does, but he needs somebody that's going to push him. He now has to answer to somebody. You have to evolve, yep. and this program needs to evolve. With the changing landscape in college football, you can't just get by doing it the way that you've done. Mm-hmm. It has to be better. And that's not to say that Iowa has to go out and run the air raid, because guess what? <laughs> that won't work. Right. They could bring in the greatest air raid, raid coach out there. They could bring in Lincoln Riley. It's not going to work in Iowa City, Iowa. It just isn't. What you have to do is you have to do what Kansas State does, what Iowa State has done. Become what you were back in the early 2000s, the bullies of the Big Ten. That still has to be the case. You have to diversify your offense. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to be able to do things in the passing game that are competent because they don't have that now. Those are the changes that need to happen. But you don't have to go out there and throw it 60 times a game. Nobody is asking for that. And if they are, they're dead wrong because that will not work with Iowa football. What will work is getting back to the tenets of what this program was built on. Toughness, because that toughness has not been there along the offensive line in a long time. Now, it wouldn't hurt to have a quarterback that could run around with his legs and make a play. Well, Drew Tate, Brad Banks, pretty good guys. some. Yeah, C.J. Beathard, he could move yeah, around. he could. Ricky Stans even could tuck it at least a little bit. Right. But that's all. They've had statues now for seven years. Ricky Stanzi's 13 years ago. Yeah. Ricky Stanzi. Yeah. was just here. Nah, right. we're getting old. Jesus, it flies by, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, I know you didn't watch it. Uh, I did. Uh, the college football playoff ranking show. Yeah, we had uh, four-year-old basketball last night. Oh, did you? I scheduled that on purpose so I didn't have to so watch on that Tuesday stupid night? thing. Yeah. It did, was on the DVR, didn't click on it. So did you see anything? Uh, I, I mean, as it pertains to the show, 
Yeah. No. Did, did Ohio? I saw the Ohio, rankings. Does Ohio State deserve to be number one? Yeah. I think they do based on their body work, but it's funny because no one on the panel, uh, Reese asked him, is, is Ohio State the best team in football? No one said yeah. Right. Because <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Are they the most deserving number one? I, that's what that, and that's where they're and how they are ranked. So let's start here. The stupid TV show. Yep. What are they trying to get? What are you putting out there on a weekly basis? The best four teams? The best the four mo- teams, most deserving the teams, teams that are still in the hunt. And then, you know, this is how I look at it, is, is where we're at now. Who's on the precipice? And is there somebody lingering out there that if things go their way, if they can win their games and they get the right teams to lose in front of them? Like, for instance, a Louisville at, at number 13, mm-hmm. right? Um, what do they have? Could they possibly... Because I'm trying to find, you know, my 25 talent oh, okay. shot, right? You, you think Louisville can... No, I'm not. I'm just trying to... They might be the team. I'm telling you, the only team down there is LSU. And I know they have two losses. And I know mm-hmm. a two-loss team hasn't been there. That is the only team, though, that hasn't... Louisville, okay, yeah. they could get there. Right. Run the table, beat Florida State. They're the number four seed. Then they're going to beat Georgia and Michigan back-to-back. No. Of course not. No. So you also have to look at it right. that way. Who could do it? Who could get there? But if it's LSU, would LSU... Might this be the year that the SEC is on the outside looking in? It would have to take an undefeated Big Ten champion. Uh-huh. An undefeated Pac-12 champion. See, that is Washington. Or 12-1 and Oregon. Who I think is the best team in college football today. I, I would go the same way. It would take, mm-hmm. for that to happen, for the SEC to be left out. The ACC in. Big Ten in. Pac-12 in. Big Twelve in, I think, with I'm, a with a twelve and one probably Texas. Texas is probably the only team, I think so, because of their win against Alabama. Yeah, and Although then you have Oklahoma, a two loss. Oklahoma's, I mean, Oklahoma beat Texas, and they'd have to beat them twice. Uh-huh. But they'd have a loss against, and they're they're they lost to Kansas, and everybody's poo poo in that game. Kansas is six and two. Yeah, they're ranked. Tw- they're not can. You're, they're not your old Kansas, right? You have to realize that part yes, of it as well. Yes, this is a team that has a pulse, and their arrow is pointing upward. Um, so that's why I watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I pick up some, some, clean some little nuggets along talking points. But, but they, they change the talking points every week. Right. And that's what drives me nuts about it. And the show keeps getting shorter because they run out of those talking yes. points. And it, that's what drives me nuts because there is no criteria. They change on the fly. Well, they change your, it for their own narrative. To your point, Washington beat Oregon. Washington's ranked ahead of Oregon. Texas beat Alabama. Texas is ahead of Alabama. Oklahoma beat Texas. Oklahoma's behind Texas. Because they have a loss to a two-loss team, I guess, guess. in Kansas. But they beat them head-to-head and And, pounded them. And all this turned out to be is sorting on loss record. Yeah. You look, the first five teams Mm -hmm. all have a zero. Yep. You go through and then the next, what is it, nine teams, one loss. Mm -hmm. It's just a sorting exercise. It is, and to to that point... We we could have my third-year grader do that. It's a sorting exercise. This is easy. They didn't do anything. I also look for the group of five teams. You know, just which which group of five team is going to get in? And right now, it would be Tulane because they're the highest ranked. If Tulane goes twelve and one, Air Force goes thirteen and zero. Who gets the bid? Uh, as of today, it would be Tulane, right? But I, well, I don't care question. about today. I yeah. care about December. Mm-hmm. Fair part, fair question. Are you going to leave out an undefeated thirteen and zero team mm-hmm. to put in a one loss Tulane team whose loss? Who was their loss to? Uh, it was early in the year. Oh, it was Old Miss. And who's ranked number 10? Yeah. And Tulane was playing without their starting quarterback in that game, They too. were. They were. So you're 100% that's right. That's actually a fun argument. Yep. That's something I could actually get behind. In that's this you're 100% right. Not right now. 
Because um, I, I bet Tulane because Pratt came back was it not bad? But pick Tulane in our picks yeah. because Pratt was coming back a couple of weeks ago. Anyways, uh, so that was that from uh, from yesterday. But it's kind of uh, so. What what do you think happens to Michigan the team? Is this a distraction to them? Does this? Does this um cuz we get another layer yesterday with the picture yeah, of uh, of the weirdo over on the sideline with, with for the Central Cameron Michigan. his sunglasses for crying out loud. <laughs> I just, and that was this year scouting Michigan State. Yeah, first game of the year, right? First that game Friday of the year. night game, yeah. And now um McElwain's tried well, we'll get to the bottom of this. Well, you know, he got busted because you let him on your sideline right. for crying out loud. But but my question is is what does this do to the team? Is it a distraction? I would. How many points is this worth per game? Should we deduct seven a touchdown off of what they've been doing all year? I wouldn't think so. I mean, still have to execute, right? And still, Michigan State last week. You know what they did against them? They're just they're throttling teams, right. and even with the distraction, I thought it was going to show up. I I had Michigan State. They were part of my card on last Saturday. I thought that was going to be one that was going to be a concern for them, and not the case. They take on Purdue this week. I mean. Name the score there. That's that's NBC, by the way. Yeah, that's but you get Michigan man. and the story. Absolutely, yeah, that's good. Even when they go to Penn State, doesn't matter. If it Penn, shouldn't. I don't think it will. If Penn State's not going to take chances down the field, uh-huh. is that just, in two weeks? Yeah, that's the eleventh. We'll get that game. Maryland is doing a standard Maryland every single year, falling yeah. apart late in the yeah. season. Yeah. Mike Loxley. It can, we just hire you for like the first seven weeks of the year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we'll have an interim come in for the back right. half of the year because this team's come out on fire every single season. They have. And then they fall apart every single season. And, of course, the big one with Ohio State. I, it doesn't change my handicap of them. It doesn't change what I've done with them just because there's been nothing to show us that this has turned into a distraction. If there's ever a weirdo to deal with it, it's Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah, and he's got away with uh he's got away with, we'll see we'll see if he can keep going or not. The other thing that uh, kind of came out of it that at least um from what I saw, um Iowa State down the stretch stretch, they've got three top 25 teams on their <laughs> right. schedule. Yeah. They're one away. As we know, Kansas this week, number 7 is Texas, number 23 is K-State. K-State's the team to me out of those three, but uh, Iowa State's schedule down the stretch, couple of uh uh, obviously some tough spots. Last week, we both really liked Iowa State going into that game against Baylor. Mm-hmm. I love Iowa State again this week. Do you? I guess, I, do you like, like me against Kansas? Letdown factor for Kansas, back in the top 25, mm-hmm. ranked in the playoff poll for what the first time. Just yep. all these different things that are out there. I I think Iowa State not just wins the game. I think they win it comfortably. They're, Where does Let me get Kansas' schedule. Where do they go next? Uh, Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah. No look ahead there. No look ahead at all. Then K State's too bad they weren't flipped. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's too bad they weren't flipped. I I think it's a it's a, it's a coin flip game. It, it sounds like Beam's going to play right. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the quarterback. Jason Beam will start. Um, they can run the ball. They got some speed on that team. But Iowa State's playing exceptionally well right now. Wouldn't that be great? Just get it out of the way. Yes. Get Do, your bowl eligible. Don't have to wear, nah. worry about that weird road trip yep. out to BYU. Just right nine fifteen start. And we've seen teams go out there. Wasn't there a year back when Utah was in the Mountain West? Iowa State went out there and got beat like 60. Well, no, Utah came here. 63 28 yes, or something like them. that. They came to Jack Trice. But it was a home and home, right? There was also Probably a trip had to out have there. Been. Yeah. I remember the. I remember was the that Jack the one Trice at home, though, that was the 63 28 or whatever it was? It was. Yeah. Yes, I think it was. But we just know in general. And this is Big Ten, Big 12 teams, whoever, going out to the West Coast for the mm. late-night games. Well, Ferris hates to go. Hysterically, it is not a good spot yeah. for there. So you're right. Get it out of the Get way. Get it out of the way. And I think they will this week. This team's going to be bowl eligible. 
And I'm going to lose a bundle of money on the under. That's right. <laughs> this is a five-unit play. They were play. free bets, though, weren't they? They Didn't, were, yeah. They had, were all freebies. Yeah, I think I had six or seven like uh, free, free bets. Free $10 bets. Yep, and I threw them all on the under. Took that easy money. Sure. Yeah, I'm counting it before we even get... No. Nope. Here come those Credit clones. to that staff. Absolutely. Amazing job. It has been. No doubt about it. 11.25. Uh, let's do this, Trent Condon. How about trying to put some NIL money in somebody's pocket? Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide keyword. It is uh, Bills at KXNO.com. Bills, your chance to win $1,000. That's Bills at KXNO.com. Stay tuned. An hour from now, Trent and I will have another opportunity. And then throughout the afternoon with Murph and Andy and the drive with Heather and Sean. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. Uh, gives us the latest on Iowa State. We come back. It's Miller and Condon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. From the Urology Center of Iowa. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXML. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Just past 11.30, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. 20 minutes, maybe not quite that long, away from the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, before the Chiefs and the uh, broadcasters, uh, etc., uh, take off for Germany. Uh, one quick note on the NFL, Taylor Heineke will start for Atlanta against the Vikings this week, so uh, you're up to speed. Let's get Bill Seals in here. He covers Iowa State for CycloneReport.com. Media opportunities yesterday. Bill, before we get to the football, just uh, real quick on the basketball. Not sure if you were able to glean anything about the top secret scrimmage against Northwestern from last week uh, over the weekend. Apparently it went Iowa State's way. Do you have any info that you can share on that, Bill. Well, I just I just heard that uh, that three of the standouts were Trey King, Milan Momsilovic, and Keyshawn Gilbert um, in that game. I, in addition, obviously, as you mentioned, Kenny, uh, Iowa State wins that one. I believe it was by uh, six points. And uh, granted, it was a scrimmage, but gosh, I mean, Northwestern returning a yeah. solid a nucleus. That's a nice win for this Cyclone team, and you hear uh, uh, guys like Momsilovich, Gilbert playing well, a couple of the newcomers, and, and Iowa State going to need uh, Momsilovich's outside shooting touch this season to uh, kind of pick up that uh, three-point mm-hmm. average a little bit. And then Keyshawn Gilbert uh, going to be a very valuable member uh, providing the, the ball handling and some scoring. He also knows what TJ's all about from from playing sure. under him at uh, UNLV for a year. So we'll see the team for the first time for real coming up on Monday against Green Bay. What do you anticipate the starting lineup's going to look like? Well, I, I, I still think that, that Curtis Jones is probably going to be that three. I, I believe you're, you're probably going to count on uh, – uh, Taman Lipsy and and Gilbert get to be the one and the two, uh, probably Trey King yeah. and and maybe Robert Jones as okay. the two uh, starters in the post. Maybe Hassan Ward 
uh, factors in there as well. But uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of guys play probably in, in that game. Everyone that uh, not looking at a red shirt going to be uh, probably playing in those first, what, three games in six days to, to get things started. You're going to see a lot of Cyclones in, in those three. We've talked about, obviously, the hype with Omaha Blue. Is it crazy to think, at least statistically or offensively, that Momsilovich has a better freshman campaign than Ballou? Well, I, I think certainly on the offensive end, he, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to lean on him a lot to, to, to shoot the ball. And, you know, the early reviews when he got to town was that he was, was doing that, uh, doing just that, knocking him down at a, at a, at a pretty good clip. And uh, he plays at a position where you're really outside of, outside of Curtis Jones. I think that that uh, that that three position Iowa State really could use him and his scoring touch there. So it just depends on. Again, we talk a lot about the defensive side of the ball too. How he is a a true freshman matches up physically as they go through that Big Twelve schedule, and, and that that's going to what be what keeps him on the floor. I appreciate the basketball uh, update, Bill. That's good stuff. I had no idea, and uh, most of our audience, I'm guessing, was the same way. So appreciate you, uh, the little intel there uh, that you provided. Uh, so let's go to football. And uh, the Jeremiah Coopers, Trent mentioned on Monday, and I, for the life of me, I don't remember him getting hurt. Uh, and Campbell said yesterday that he's 50-50 uh, regarding uh, his availability against Kansas, which is certainly worrisome because he's had, obviously, a huge impact uh, on this defense. In All-American the- type year with those numbers. 100% trade. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, so, A, what what is it? How serious is, is it? And, um, you know, I guess um, listening to Campbell, do you get the sense that 50-50 might be an exaggeration? Well, I, I think with, with what Matt has said, guys have been probable before and practiced all week, and they haven't played for like two weeks. So <laughs> I think when he, when he calls that? a guy questionable and, and says 50-50, I would be very surprised if uh, if Jeremiah plays uh, this weekend against Kansas, uh, they've got pretty good depth in the secondary, so I don't think there's necessarily. I mean, obviously, he's one of the the nation's leaders in interceptions, and as you mentioned, off to an All American type of season. But they've got some guys back there that have a lot of experience, and and maybe no rush to get him back, especially with what's on the line. They're here in the the month of November. They want to get him back there and get him healthy, and not have this be something where he's kind of nicked up with it for the the rest of the season. Looking uh, back at the Baylor game for a moment, Ken and I both came in and said, though they got the win, Rocco Beck wasn't at his best. One of the, maybe as bad of a game as he's had since the Ohio game going back to September. What do you think it was that we saw some struggles coming out of Rocco last week? Well, I think certainly the conditions uh, mm, down there. Sure. The uh, rain and, yeah. and uh, just kind of persisted that at times throughout that game. I think that was probably the... The big, the big part of it there, and he missed on a missed on a couple of throws that uh, could have turned into certainly some big gainers. So I think there's some throws he would like to have back in that one. But uh, 
what the, the Cyclones were able to do and, and for the what the fourth, uh, fifth straight game here is, is lean on the running game. And, and that kind of took a lot of pressure off of him needing to go out there and throw, what, 45, 50 passes or whatever for the Cyclones to win. And they were able to get good production again out of Eli Sanders and Cartavius Norton in that one. Yeah, Norton was good to see. Uh, and Norton, he was on Twitter uh, or on X yesterday, and he was surprised he ran as fast as he did. <laughs> the pro football right. focus at his miles per hour or something. He didn't think he could go uh, that quick. So it was good to see him because uh, he's an important back uh, part, rather, uh, of that running back room. Let, let's switch over to the defense. And Campbell said yesterday that regardless of which quarterback plays for Kansas, and we I think we all feel it's going to be Bean, but we, we might be surprised. A um, lot of speed, uh, dual-threat quarterback. Uh, what did Campbell have to say about the Kansas signal caller? Well, just that he's got a lot of speed and, and certainly some versatility and can hurt the, the defense in a number of ways. And I, I don't think he's quite, uh, this is me talking, not, not Matt here, but I don't think that he's necessarily as big of a threat as an option type of quarterback that we've seen with Jalen Daniels. And Daniels was through the cyclone space pretty much for the entire day uh, last season in Lawrence. So there's a lot more familiarity with Daniels than there is Bean, at least with uh, last season's matchup. So, but still, I think Bean, uh, the straight line speed with him, if they get him out in space and Iowa State uh, doesn't have contain on the edges and just not real gap sound there, I think he's someone, if he gets into the open field, can really hurt the Cyclones. And we've seen at times, too, uh, with this defense, they've given up some chunk plays from, from time to time. I think they've cleaned that up a lot, though, since early in the season. So uh, certainly a big test, though, with what uh, Bean brings to the table for the Jayhawks and, and everything that the Cyclones are going to have to defend. This Kansas team can go up and down the field. They can beat you. Is Iowa State equipped right now? Can they win a game 34-31? Do you think this team, Kansas, not great defensively, better than what they've been in the past. Can Iowa State right now win a game like that, a shootout type of game Saturday night? Well, I think that they, they certainly could. Uh, the game, the games at home, I think the, the home crowd's going to yeah. be pretty big. Mm-hmm. Home cup pulled out and everything. But yeah, I mean, that the scoring average for this team is up. They, they certainly wouldn't have been able to probably win a game like that last year, but, uh, right. they averaged, I think, around 16 points per game and, and, in, in, uh, in those 12 games last season, this year, the, the, the conference scoring average up to 28 per game. So I think uh, that bodes well. And, and Kansas's defense, although a veteran group, they're pretty good in the secondary. I, I think that there's some yards and some points to be gained there for the Cyclones. And if it does play out that like that, I, I don't think it does, though, uh, Trent. I mm-hmm. think this is a game probably played out in the 20s. Uh, but I, I think Iowa State's certainly more equipped offensively to be able to match up that way if needed. I'm with you. When you when you look at Kansas, other than their team speed, and it's obviously their Ipole's got this team playing exceptionally well right now. Uh, what is their strength, Bill? What is what is Kansas? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you uh, talked to Haycock or you had Shieldhouse yesterday, but e- either whichever coordinator you got, uh, what what's their fear regarding what their unit is going to have to attack? Well, it was John Haycock yesterday and, and the, the defense and certainly a lot of talk on, on the, the veteranness of this Kansas okay. group. Yeah. Many of the players that 
that uh, came in when Leipold got the job, and, and some of them even transferred from Buffalo right. to Kate. So a very veteran group, uh, tons of thousands of snaps, I think. I think it saw like over 1,300 snaps or whatever that uh, Kansas has combined out of this group, uh, some number like the astronomical number. So it's like a veteran group, Iowa State. A lot's been made about how it's an inexperienced group that's kind of gotten – you know, taking some knocks early in the season and is really starting to come together. But this KU team has been together and, and been through those battles. Um, as far as, as what KU brings as strengths, it's got to be the ground game. Uh, one of the top three in the Big 12 yeah. in, in rushing defense coming in, uh, 213 yards per game. Uh, an interesting stat, though, on Iowa State, uh, the Cyclones have gone – 22 consecutive games without allowing more than 200 yards rushing to an opponent. So a strength-on-strength matchup there for the Cyclones, and and they did a pretty good job uh, against that rushing attack last year in that game in Lawrence. Uh, KU only had 112 yards and certainly came in averaging a lot more than that a year ago, and the Cyclones were able to do a good job against Daniels in that one, too. We remember the start Mm -hmm. that he was off to in 2022, and, and he ended up with nine total rushing yards in that game Jeez. and a dynamic playmaker and, and was a, a big part that Iowa State was able to hold KU to 14 points a year ago. So that's one of the reasons why I do like the Cyclones in this one, just defensively in that 3-3-5. They've shown they've been able to contain quarterbacks. Uh, this season um, with what they did against uh, go back to the Cincinnati game, Emory Jones mm-hmm. uh, holding them yep. up and then have the bye week. They come out there even better against the run last week, 67 yards against uh, Baylor. So trending in the right direction yep. there, and I think that's really going to hold Kansas up in this game and well below the season scoring average. Excellent points, Bill. Excellent points. Uh, l- last thing for me, did Haycock mention Darian Porter at all? Um, you know, forced into duty, significant duty once TJ Tampa uh, was ejected from the football game. Was Porter given any recognition? I certainly thought he deserved it for his play last week. He was not brought up by uh, Coach Haycock, to my recollection, but you're right, Kenny. He came in and, and played a big part. Uh, you you wonder the, the way that that game kind of played out going into halftime. It's like, oh, here here we go. Is this going to end up being a closer ball game down the stretch, losing Tampa? And you, you don't know how that other corner spot's going to be filled. But uh, nice luxury for uh, them to have to be able to plug a senior like that and, yeah. and Porter into the mix, and they've got some younger guys too. Jontez Williams has mm-hmm. has been nice, uh, nice player there, and and uh, they, they've got great depth uh, to be able to weather the storm after Tampa gets uh, gets ejected from that game. No doubt, good stuff, Bill Sills. What's coming up at CycloneReport.com? You'd like to promote. Well, we've got basketball season starting up as well uh, next week. Uh, first, I think, what, three games in six days Jeez. to get the, the season started. And right in the midst of football season and a 4-1 and one start for the Cyclones, I think it's looking good. 5-1 and one, uh, for that. We'll have the ultimate preview. Uh, thousands of words on uh, Saturday <laughs> matchup against the Jayhawks. That'll be published at its uh, usual timeline there, 11 a.m. Friday morning, and a lot more uh, game coverage this week leading up to that, and then certainly basketball, uh, media availability tomorrow with T.J. Otzelberger. So uh, it's, a, it's a busy time here. It's, it's going to be, and it sounds like we'll have a bowl game coming up. How about uh, I, that? 
in December. So it's going to be a busy eight weeks here at CycloneReport.com. Good stuff, Bill Seals. Thank you for doing this. We'll speak with you next week. Thank you, Bill Seals. CycloneReport.com. Appreciate it, Bill. Yep, good to talk to you. Bill Seals, as we check in on Iowa State. We will check in on the Kansas City Chiefs with Mitch Holtis when we come back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Lowest price guarantee. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Papa John Central Iowa, that's right. That's the home of the Chacaroni. They sponsor Mitch Holtis each and every Wednesday, with the exception of the bye week, which is fast approaching. In fact, it's here next week. But before the team leaves, Mitch gives us a little time. Mitch, uh, grateful that you found time for us. Give us kind of the uh, itinerary. When do you, when does the team leave for Germany? Well, we're following the basic itinerary we had. We went to the U.K. in 2015. Coach Reed likes to do this, as you probably know the dolphins are already in in frankfurt uh they're there in deutschland uh we won't leave until thursday night actually we'll do an overnighter uh try to sleep on the plane everybody's got a different way of doing it uh when we arrive which will be in the morning it's about an eight and a half hour flight uh we lose six hours of time um it'll be friday morning at 9 30 ish and one of the things coach likes to do is get a team of workout right away uh, and you have to be disciplined to sleep on the plane, mm-hmm. but then get a hard, strong workout right away and try to get yourself on, on German time as fast as you can. Uh, keep everybody up, right? Don't get your, um, you got to sleep when the Germans sleep. And, um, so that's the way we do it. But by the way, congratulations to your Broncos, buddy. You <laughs> Look, guys and you it called it, you called it, Mitch. Yeah. yeah. You, well, you warned us to watch I, for this. Well, and here's where I'm going to give the Broncos credit here. Let's just let's, Trent, let's just lay this out for for my Canadian brother here. Thank you. One and give give Sean Payton a lot of credit here. He kept the boat in the water. Yeah. Okay, they didn't they didn't unravel, and so I saw it when I looked and reviewed the video of the Green Bay game, and with uh, Javante Williams getting fully healthy, mm-hmm. they could control the game in the run game. If they got big plays, they got the big punt return to start everything defensively they played with a fervor yep. and they controlled the game and so uh and then all the other factors you know Mahomes sick and vomiting most yeah. of the night but it, but but the denver played an excellent game so take a bow mr miller thank your, you your uh, broncos got it done a long time coming no doubt about it we'll, we'll see if they <laughs> six years of ineptitude yeah. and yeah. got it at least for one hey, can i ask you let me ask you a question mitch and you can answer politically whatever you want i don't want to put you in a bad spot i truly don't do you see a difference this year in russell wilson uh not what you'd think gotcha. i i i just think that it's if they it's scheme wise they've tightened things up. Yeah. I think they've reduced the margin of error for him and they relied on their assets. And those assets right now, their greatest assets are those three runners. Mm-hmm. And as I told you last week, the runners as receivers. McLaughlin's swing screen, uh the touchdown of Javante Williams, which is a pass to the running back and basically a swing screen. And what uh, Sean Payton has done, I think, is evaluated everything and said, What do I have as assets? And I think he's using those, and Russell Wilson is one of them. Uh, but it's not – I mean, it's more he's thinking, what when when he was good with the Seahawks, what did he have? Mm-hmm. He had a great run game, but he also had a passing game centered around the running backs. That's what I see. 
and then you take shots with Sutton, just like that game. I mean, but uh, the difference is I think he's just kind of tightened everything up and reduced the margin of error. So coming off a bye, or off a loss, excuse me, and now you're going into this long road trip, going over there, taking out a very talented Miami team. What's been the mood like this week? It's just, it's such a rarity. It's just not a performance that we're used to from Kansas City. What's it like knowing what awaits when they get across the pond to Germany? It's almost as if uh, this is a season in and of itself because of the uh, peculiar nature of the trip and all the logistics that are involved. I'm going to do a minute with Mitch on it next week uh, on Fox 17 where I, I kind of explore, and this is where, I, and again, don't take this as an excuse, but the last three teams who had to go on the road before they played an international game lost that road game before the international game and for the last six since the NFL went to a 17-game schedule. Coach Reed was trying to keep the team focused, Trent, on Denver, 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 Denver. He just kept pounding Denver, Denver, and then you get a blast email that's saying, hey, you need these things for Germany and take care of this for Germany. And like, well, wait a minute, it's Denver, but it's Germany, Germany, Germany. There's so much that goes into an international game that it becomes a distraction. And the NFL has taken over this game more and more, these international games, to, to, to market them. And it's almost, it almost has the feeling of being in a Super Bowl because of all of the stuff that goes into the game. Uh, once we land, I talk about being there in the morning and having a workout. The NFL has all kinds of activities. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm scheduled, I'm scheduled to the hilt until that game. So it's just, what's the mood? The mood is you're playing probably the biggest game right now on the NFL calendar to date yep. in this game against the Dolphins, and you're doing it in a foreign country. It's, it's like it's a standalone game. And that's not disrespect anything before or after. Yeah, and all the press wants to talk to Reed and Mahomes and dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be crazy. Hey, Taylor but- Swift and Kelsey. And, yes. You know, it's all of that. Right, forgot and, about and that. And we're marketing. We're the number one merchandise sales team in Germany. It's unbelievable. The German flag is our colors, basically. So yeah. we're big. We spend a lot of time and money and resources on 12 months out of the year in Germany. This, Guys, this is a big deal more than just a single game. No question. Uh, speaking of single games, did George Karloftis have his best single game of his career? last week i thought he did yeah he, he's coming on this this defense and and again the thing they did not do and give denver credit because the denver offensive line played good keep in mind they played six offensive linemen a lot in that game um and and they weren't spread out but they did a the defense did not get denver off the field eight and a half minute drive to start the third quarter um but i mean they're they got six sacks in the game and uh, this defense is going to have to play that way. They've got to affect the aerodynamics of the throws by Tua Tonga Bailoa. They also have to stop the run game. People are disrespect. I mean, Tyreek's having such a big year, record-setting year, that the real way Miami just destroys you is getting chunk runs. And so the defense in Carlotta has a lot on their plate, Ken. Nah, no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, congratulations on what, 500? Did I see that last week, your 500th game? <laughs> yeah, 500th game. How about that? Yeah, and I thought it was going to be, I thought it was this game, Plum Plum <laughs> oh, And yeah. uh, uh, I'm, I forgot that I've done the one game filling in for Kevin Harlan uh, uh, before I became the voice of the Chiefs. So, yeah, last week was 500. So, um, yeah, thank you, though. But there's a lot of miles on the odometer. There'll be a book someday. <laughs> You'll want to read it. You guys may even be in it. Who knows? Here's hoping. Uh, well, before we let you go, Mitch, we won't talk for a couple of weeks. Next week being the bye week. Uh, it's November. The Chacaroni's still available, though, Mitch. What's Papa John's and the Donaldson's got cooking? I think we ought to reach out. Do they have a schnitzel pizza? Ooh, this week would be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Wouldn't you want a schnitzel pizza right now, Trent? Thinking, what a, you know what? Let's get a schnitzel pizza. My Deutsches so make so good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, check out the uh, shakaroni for sure. And then ask him, say, hey, do you have a schnitzel pizza? <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Donaldson just may go up to the Johnston lab and, and figure this one out. Good stuff. Mitch, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Grateful that you found time for us today. Thank you. Yeah, danke, Bischbata. Uh, and Schuss. Yeah. Uh, sehr gut. Ja, bis bald. Wunderbar, wunderbar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you, buddy. Take care. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Mitch Holt is voice of the Kansas City Where Chiefs. else are you going to get German on a sports talk station? Wow. Only here. Yeah, I, uh, I had no one. idea where you guys were going. <laughs> well, we didn't speak French, so we, you could have helped us out there. A petit peu. Uh, we will come back. Uh, what are we going to start the hour with? Oh, uh, uh, John Bonecamp's going to recap. Yesterday in Iowa City, Cappy will join us on the Bears, etc., and he joins us at 12.30. Trends plays of the day still to come as well. Miller and Condon, one hour to go on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.